Hi there, man. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and this is the Bedatitudes Podcast. It's our second podcast as we walk our way through the Bedatitudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad. And as I mentioned in the first podcast, um, as we go through the Bedatitudes, each chapter starts with a reflection on what it means to be a son of the Heavenly Father, that I can't give what I don't have. So in order for me to be a father after the Father's own heart, I have to start by reflecting on my relationship with my Heavenly Dad. You know, a lot of us didn't have a great relationship with our fathers. My, my father was a very good and godly man, and I'm very blessed by that. But I know a lot of people who, don't, who can't say that. And I want you to know that whether you had a great relationship with your earthly dad or it was terrible, you can still be a fantastic father. But first, it requires us to really explore what it means to be a son of the Heavenly Father. Whether our dad, our earthly dad, did a good job representing the Heavenly Father to us or not, the Heavenly Father is still there, loving us, waiting for us to come to him and say, Dad, teach me how to be like you. Teach me how to be a man after your heart. Teach me how to be a husband and father after your own heart. And that's what the Beatitudes do. Again, Pope Francis said that the Beatitudes are a blueprint for Christian living. And as I prayed and reflected on that, I realized in my own life that the Beatitudes would be a model, excuse me, a model, a blueprint for Christian fatherhood. Because the Beatitudes reveal the heart of the Heavenly Father to all of us and how he treats us. They're not just a a replacement of the Ten Commandments. You know, in the Ten Commandments, God tells us what to do. Uh, but the Beatitudes are really a revelation of the heart of the Father and how he relates to us and invites us to relate to others. So as we go through the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes, I'm going to take a look at each one, breaking it up into first our relationship with our Heavenly Father, and then our relationship with our wife, and then our relationship with our kids. So in this episode of the Beatitudes, we're going to take a look at the first Beatitude, blessed, well, the first Beatitude, let's say, the blessed are the dads who are poor in spirit. So what does that mean to be poor in spirit? You know, According to scripture scholars, uh, anyone who's poor in spirit is, is profoundly aware of their radical dependence on God. That's what it ultimately means. I guess, you know, that's kind of a fancy way of saying being poor in spirit means being radically aware of the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't. You know, I, uh, I have the degrees and I have, you know, lots of years of study and I've read a lot of things. But when they first put that baby in your arms you know, you have no idea what you're doing, <laughs> how to connect whatever it is that you've experienced first growing up in your own family or anything else you've read or learned about or that other people have told you. How do you apply that in any way that's going to that's going to keep the light on in this little baby's eyes for the rest of their life? You know, that that was my prayer when 
when I first met my children, you know, that God, I, I see the light in their eyes. You know, don't ever let me do anything that would let that light go out. You know, let me, let me love this child in a way that just let that, let, lets that light burn brighter and brighter and brighter the, 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 the older they get. Just like your love for me helps me burn brighter and brighter as I get to know you better and love you more. And, and being poor in spirit starts with that acknowledgement that I don't know what I'm doing. And I, I think as guys, you know, we, we're afraid of that. We, we want to be experts. We want to be thought of as having it all together. I, I mean, I know women do this too, but, but I'm talking, you know, man to man here. You know, we all know that we struggle. We, we really want to be in charge. We want to be thought of as having all the answers, knowing what to do in every situation. I had a guy, I had a guy come up to me after a men's conference once. I tell this story all the time, but, but he, he said to me, you know, Greg, it took me 25 years to realize I wasn't going to get any credit for giving my wife stuff she didn't want. <laughs> it took me 25 years to realize I wasn't going to get any credit for giving my wife stuff she didn't want. And, you know, we all, and I tell that story, I laugh, the men I tell it to laugh, because we can all relate to it. Um, but how sad, right? You know, how we work so hard to be loving men, to, to try to love our wife, to try to love our kids, to, to try to do what we think is best. And, and we ended up giving them so much stuff they don't want. And then we get mad at them, right? We get mad because... Ah, you're never happy. You're never going to be happy. I, you're, you always want something I can't give you. You're always wanting something else. There's always, it's always more, more, more. I can never be enough for you. You know, as if it's their fault that we're not giving them what they want. So how do we begin to figure it out? Well, we have to start by being poor in spirit. We have to start by realizing that I don't know how to love the way God wants me to. I don't know how to love my wife, not well, and certainly not the way God wants me to. I have no idea. I haven't got the first clue of how to love my kids the way God the Father wants me to love my kids so that ultimately they can see him reflected in my eyes. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know how to get through the day, much less be an image of God the Father to my kids. <sighs> Where do I even start? Well, I start by stepping into the presence of my Heavenly Father and saying, okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't just say that once. I mean, I tell you guys, I tell you that I, I pray this all day long. I wake up in the morning, okay, Lord, there is a list as long as both my arms of stuff I have to do, and I've got to somehow be present to my wife and my kids. I, I still have to make all this work. I don't know what I'm doing. Please teach me. Show me. Help me to be a man after your own heart. Help me to be a father after your own heart. Show me what to do. And that's the first thing that we need to really reckon with. There are sort of three principles that as I reflect on my relationship with my heavenly father, there are, there are kind of three things that this beatitude, this beatitude of blessed are the dads who are poor in spirit kind of bring to mind. The first one is this, I don't know what I'm doing. And I really can't fulfill my destiny to lead my family on my own uh, unless I go to God. 
you know, first. Secondly, you know, God loves me unconditionally and he wants to make me whole. That's really important. And then thirdly, God will lead me if I turn to him first. So again, you know, this, let's start with this first idea of I don't know what I'm doing and I can't fulfill my destiny and lead my family on my own. You know, we put a tremendous amount of pressure on ourselves as guys. We, 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 many of us weren't raised in homes where this mission of being spiritual heads of our homes were, was modeled for us. It wasn't expected of us. And all of a sudden, you know, we either have a conversion experience or we're thrust into a situation where we're asked to be spiritual leaders, to, to be fathers who can bring our spouse and kids to God. And we just don't have the first idea. And then so we run around doing all kinds of stuff that we think is going to make it work, right? And then our wife and kids push back on us. And then we get mad at them for being so resistant. You know, God put me here to be in charge of this. And whether we do that or not, we feel it inside, right? But rather, you know, than getting caught up in this, I have to lead my family to God kind of thing. See, the problem with that statement is it's I. I have to do it. And as soon as I say I have to do the thing, I'm always going to screw it up. I'm always going to screw it up. The harder I try to do the thing, no matter how good the thing is, no matter how much I've asked God to bless my doing the thing, I'm still doing the thing on my own power. And it can't come from that. It has to come from inside. It has to come from God moving in me and with me and through me. And the only way to do that is by first going to God and saying, I haven't got the first clue. So, man, the first thing I want you to do every day When you wake up in the morning, the first thing that happens is you say, okay, Lord, I have not got the foggiest, I have not got the first clue of how to handle this day. I don't know how to be the man you want me to be. I don't know how to be the husband you want me to be. I don't know how to be the the father you want me to be. I don't know how to do any of the things you want me to do. But I know that you've given me gifts, and I know that you love me, and I know that you want to show me. So take my hand and lead me through this day. Step by step, show me what to do. Teach me. You know, that prayer is something that we can all do every day. It only takes a second, but it makes all the difference in the world. The second thing I want you to keep in mind is this idea that God loves us unconditionally and wants to make us whole. You know, as men, um, we're raised in, in a very conditional way a lot of times. You know, we're, we're raised that, that we get the love, we get the approval if we do the thing, right? We get the grades, we win the game, we do the thing. That's when we get affection. That's when we get a praise. Otherwise, we're just doing the job. We're just, you're just doing, you just did what I told you to do. What, do you want a medal? <laughs> we... Our love is tied to doing perfectly every time. That's not how God loves us. God loves us unconditionally. Let's talk about what that means. You know, love doesn't mean always, uh, you know, agreeing with somebody. It doesn't mean always, you know, uh, telling them how awesome they are. It doesn't always even mean feeling warm and fuzzy toward them all the time. Uh, To love somebody means to work for their good. To work for their ultimate good, to, to as I was talking in the, the first podcast, to work for their human flourishing, to foster their development and integration. To love somebody means to work for their good with everything that I've been given. To love somebody unconditionally 
means to work for their good, whether I feel like it or not, whether they deserve it or not, whether the circumstances make it easy or not, I'm going to love you unconditionally. I'm going to work for your good unconditionally. And when I say work for your good, I mean work for your integration, work for your foster your development and your flourishing. God loves you that way. God loves me that way. In everything, God wants to help me be everything he created me to be. He wants to make us perfect. Not perfect in the sense that I never make a mistake or I, I never do the wrong thing. It's, it's about perfect in love. He wants to put all the pieces, all the broken pieces of me back together again. And he wants to pour that love into my heart so that I can give that love to my wife and my kids and help them put all the broken pieces of their heart back together too. And so we need to bring our weakness and our imperfection to God, you know, to bring the screw ups to God. We're, we're afraid to do that sometimes. You know, it's like, Lord, bless this great work I'm about to do for you. Help me to do all the great things, you know. Um, it's, and then we get mad, you know, we I tried to do the thing, Lord, and it all fell apart. And now, you know, you have to fix it. God welcomes whatever prayer we want to bring him. And if that's the best we can do at that time, then that's perfectly fine. Start there. But I would invite you to, instead of getting mad at your wife or your kids when you don't get it right, instead of getting mad at yourself when you don't get it right, I would invite you to bring that to God and say, Lord, I'm really trying my best here, um, but somehow I screwed up again. Or at the very least, what I tried to do didn't work the way I thought it would. I, I know that you love me anyway. And in fact, I know that you love me through it all. And I'm asking you to show me, to take my hand and, and show me how to clean up the mess, how to take the next steps, how to do what I need to do to glorify you, to be my best self, and to bring out the best in whoever it is that I'm dealing with, my wife, my kids, anybody else. You, we consecrate those screw-ups to God. We consecrate them to the Lord, and he makes something holy out of them. He helps those screw-ups be the source of our deepening integration and flourishing because his love helps put all those pieces together and he helps show us what the next step is. You know, no matter how much we think we messed something up, I like to talk about a, the GPS, the God positioning system. You know, if you ever get lost and I know men, we never get lost, but, but if you ever did get lost or, you know, somebody who, who might, um, if you, you know, the GPS just recalculates and sends you on a new route and pretty soon you, know, you make two right turns and head down the road a couple of miles and make another left, and you're, oh my gosh, I'm so far much further down the road than I thought I would be. Um, that's how God works. It doesn't matter how far off the road we think we are, no matter how far off course we might be, the God positioning system gets us back on course. If we, if, if we bring those things to God and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm, I, I don't know how I got here. Clearly I screwed this up, but I know you love me, and I know that you'll lead me, lead me and guide me. And he gets us to where we need to go, which leads me to the third point, that God will lead me if I turn to him first. Um, we have a tendency, it's a natural human tendency, men and women do it, but guys, since I'm talking to you, let's, 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 let's pick on you for a minute. Um, we have a tendency when we mess up or when we don't know what we're doing, we just do it harder. <laughs> 
I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to do more of it, and I'm going to do it more intensely, uh, more crazily, um, with with more fervor, and I'm going to keep doing that thing that doesn't work until it finally works. And of course, we all know the definition of crazy, right? Um, anytime I do the thing, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm missing the point. I need to ask God to move in me and with me and through me. You know, I don't know how to be a man after his heart. I don't know how to be a husband after his heart. I don't know how to be a father after his heart. So, Lord, I need you to teach me. And I trust that you will lead me and guide me. I trust that. I know that you will. Now, here's the thing. You know, how do we hear God speaking to us? How do we know that God's leading us? We have to learn to listen at prayer. And we'll be talking more about this throughout the series. But, but listening at prayer, just a short version here, means that you know, God doesn't often talk to us in that big voice saying, Greg, I want you to attend to me, 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 me. It's God's language is experience. God speaks and things come into being. So the language of God is experience. The things that happen to me God speaks through those things. I'm not suggesting that God causes all those things to happen, especially bad things to happen. I don't mean that. I mean, he can speak to me through all of those things. And I need to bring those things to him and say, Lord, what are you saying to me through this? How are you asking me to be my best self in the face of this experience? If I can reflect on that question, I can hear what God's saying to me. Lord, my kid's melting down right now. I kind of want to... I don't want to scream here, uh, or worse. Help me to be my best self. How can I be my best self in the face of this? That's what God is saying to me. Lord, my wife is driving me crazy right now. I, I'm not sure why I married this woman, um, other than I wanted to punish myself in some way. Um, but, but clearly that's not what you're saying. How can I be my best self in the face of this? And as I reflect and pray on that, I get the answer. That is God leading me. How can I be the self the father wants me to be? When you look at your kids, okay, they inevitably mess up, right? They, you know, they, they miss the ball. They, they screw up the homework. They don't get the grade, whatever it is. And if they come to you crying, you know, you don't see them as a screw up. I, I know you don't. You see all the stuff in them that, that, that they can't see. You see the, the good, you see the success, you see the beauty, the power, all the things that you want them to be. That's what you see when you look at your kids. That is what our Heavenly Father sees in you when he looks at you. And he wants to show you how to be that. He wants to show you how to be that. Because, as St. Irenaeus said, the glory of God is man fully alive. As our Heavenly Father nurtures us, as our Heavenly Father works for our full flourishing, and we become uh, that whole healed, godly, grace-filled person that he created us to be, God is, rejoices in that, just like you rejoice when your child succeeds. It's not really about you, <laughs> right? But, but you rejoice in that. And, and it, but it is about God because God made us and he rejoices in all the things that come together for us. And he wants to lead us to that. And we need to trust that God will lead us to that place where it all comes together. If we bring it to him and ask him to teach us step by step. 
In the next episode of Bedatitudes, we're going to take a look at how blessed are the dads who are poor in spirit helps us in our relationship with our wives. I hope you'll stay tuned. In the meantime, check out the book, The Bedatitudes, Eight Ways to Be an Awesome Dad. Also, be sure to check out CatholicHOM.com. It's a place for Catholic families to come together and learn how to be dynamic domestic churches, those outposts of grace in a hurting world. It's a terrific community, and I think that you get a lot out of it if you check it out, Catholic. HOM.com stands for Catholic Households on Mission. Thanks again for being with us. Let's end in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Help us to be dads who are poor in spirit, who acknowledge and embrace our ignorance, our brokenness, our confusion, our limitations and consecrate them by bringing them to you. In fact, we consecrate those limitations, our ignorance, our brokenness to you right now. We ask you to help us to hear you speaking to us through those things so that wherever we come from, whatever our struggles are, we trust in you to lead us to be men after your own heart, to be fathers like you are a father, to be husbands as you are the bridegroom. Help us to be those whole, healed, godly, grace-filled men you created us to be, that we might first receive your love fully and be healed and transformed by it, and then communicate that healing and transforming love and grace to our spouse and our children. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Bedatitudes.